Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. One and only Gabinda. Oh, again, pretty underrated when it comes down to would you, if you asked a person in the pub to name a James Bond henchman, he, he might not get as much credit as he deserves, but I think he's storming into the final. Yeah, like um, I've got this is really embarrassing. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that Cooler Shaker song, um, Gobinda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually thought it was, yeah. I thought it was Gobinda when it came out. <laughs> Yeah, we like finally a song about the man. <laughs> about Do these guys like what fans or what's going on here? Yeah, very <laughs> Golbinda Jaya Jaya. Yeah. Yeah, 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 excellent. He's really solid as a villain. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a shame because he's, he's kind of overshadowed by Kamal Khan and his amazing pronunciations and. Mm-hmm. Stephen Darkoff went absolutely nuts. <laughs> I love the moment when he crushes the dice. It's a nice throwback to Odd Job. And we've already talked about the his voice and the playing out there. Yes, excellent. <laughs> he's nothing special, but he's got all these lovely little moments with Moore. Like when I love when Moore says, uh, he asks about the nightcap. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I suppose you fancy him. No? Just, oh. <laughs> Brilliant. We thought it really turned out with his nice boots and. He's one of those henchmen that meets the criteria because he's loyal yeah. to the villain to the extent he's going to go on the outside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to go out there. <laughs> yeah. um, I, if I could, I, say, I think that one of the reasons he's so good is that um, 
he's multi-layered as well. There's something fascinating about Govinda. I really want to know Govinda's backstory. I want to know everything yeah. about this guy. I absolutely love him. Um, but like that, um, he develops throughout the film as well. He's not a character that comes at you fully, you know, well, obviously he is fully formed, but he doesn't appear fully formed to, to us as an audience right at the beginning. And you get different layers to him added as we get throughout the the movie i really love that for this um and i think there's a, like a touch of humor to him there's no question about how physically imposing he is either he's a big fella um and i love there's a there's a seriously ruthless side to him as well so he's a top three for me top three best looking as well surely should have been in, in that boat. i think that one of the reasons he's not as sort of well remembered probably amongst your average you know viewer or person the man on top of the clapham omnibus is because <laughs> um <laughs> it's because it's like he doesn't have a spe- he doesn't have a specific method of killing or he doesn't have oh. you know uh, a he's mechanical got arm he's got his what his blunderbuss he's a, oh yeah yeah of course well yeah rifle. no so i think that's probably probably why people don't quite remember him as much but i i really like him and i think he's a i think he's a sort of a sort of classic henchman not too unrealistic you know and and he, he's got real presence you know whenever he's in a scene you can you can see him and you can feel his presence um i i'm a big fan i mean we've touched on mishka and grisha you could say they're henchmen were they originally in a circus they were just genuine knife throwers and then Someone said, do you fancy doing Govinda, the, the line manager? Fancy just doing it on the side if you just help me kill some people yeah. who are quite important. And then, yeah, go on, all right, yeah. Both of us. There's we no need- evidence that that's not the yeah. case. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're good villains. I know you hate them, Rob, so we'll move on. To, uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you hated me yeah. didn't you? You don't like the yeah. It's more the outfits. I, I just I, yeah. That's something about was a bit icky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talking about absolutely gorgeous outfits, Mayday. Goodness me, uh, especially at Royal Ascot. Incredible. Mayday and Xenia are the two main women henchmen. Got to got to be storming through to the final. Strictly speaking, she does like Jaws turn turn good. Well, turn less bad. But if you if you actually think back to some of the stuff she does. Pretty dreadful, of course. We've got kills uh, a Shiro Bajin, of course, first. Yeah. joke about this guy who's just been murdered. It's just awful, isn't it? But, uh, yes. <laughs> he, she then garrots Godfrey Tibbet. Mm-hmm. Dreadful. Yeah, that's awful. Basically wearing the hat. afterwards. not sure about that. Or another awful death, uh, strangling Chuck Lee with his headphones. It's not a yeah. film, is it? It really isn't. She's an amazing character. She's got so much charisma. She's someone, I think she made the game, didn't she? Goldeneye. Yes, she? yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. pretty iconic. She- and, you know, casting a singer who wasn't known for her acting, she does a pretty good job. Do you think that perhaps, like, her, her case as an iconic henchwoman is bolstered by the fact that there's not many of them that go full redemption in the end. And not only does she go full redemption, I mean, she kills three people in appalling ways throughout <laughs> the movie. And we're not talking about the char- what the character has done in the past either. But then she goes on to save arguably 25 yeah. million people in the, in the valley for, by no. removing the, the bomb out uh, from the fault. So, like, that, that makes her fascinating. 
and she's tenard and she'd do you in in your sleep and um yeah. amazing to look at uh you know like really mm. iconic look and yeah she's sure oh, yeah she's definitely in there for me in in the top top five top three top five I see you're a woman of very few words. What's there to say? Yeah, I'm a massive uh, Mayday fan. I think she's she's again she's got incredible presence. There's there's like a there's a there's a kind of you know when you're a younger kid you're not quite sure what it what it is but there's like a sort of real sexuality to her and some some incredible uh, outfits that she wears she's almost her outfits are the things which you know are more female than she is like she's quite sort of androgynous in in some ways you know with the short hair and muscular toned body but yeah and and her her physical strength as well but yeah i i uh, I, I think it's it's a bit underrated how scary she is for the first you know throughout the film and even towards the end when she's chasing um bond and stacy up the that wooden you know those wooden sort of planks up yeah. to up to freedom but yeah the, the redemption and i just i absolutely adore that scene where um she comes out on the cart on the cart and zorin just sees it and then you know just says mayday and then her face yeah, changes and it blows up and in that second he's seen his whole plan go absolutely up in smoke by the person you know he trusted the most, probably. It's, it's so good. It's, it's so brilliant. That, that movie gets yeah, ragged it, on so much. Absolutely. But it's such a good movie. Absolutely. It really it's is a good movie. Brilliant. Zorin Industries, shout out to you legends. We will be bigging it yeah. up. And certainly we'll keep it up on Twitter. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> Take her up. Come on, we've only seconds before this thing blows. And if it does, that powder keg goes with it. Come on. The handbrake slipped. Push, push. Jump. I have to hold the brake off. Jump. But also, there's that, that you know, um, Jenny. Yeah. yeah. What's the moment? Oh, brilliant. I absolutely love a view. Yes. Love it. Unashamedly, love the Barry score, love the stunts. I think it's a really solid story. And so many people just get hung up with Roger's too old, Roger's too old, Roger's too old. He's still got the Roger thing. He's still got the winking, you know, the the, the glint in the eye. He's still yeah. got the arm. He's still got the likability. And you're still getting lots of cool stunts. As for Grace Jones, I'm not convinced she's a good actress, but I think she's really memorable, and I love her line readings. Like as you just said, Rob, yeah. and and I thought that really yeah. Loved me. She, yes, yeah, I forgot about that one. For me. <laughs> yeah, that, that moment when she turns good, 
seems to put a lot of people off. But I totally buy it because I'm not convinced that Mayday is evil. I'm convinced that Mayday is in love with Zorin. She does everything she wants because she wants to please him. She's doing all this stuff. So the second he betrays her, she thinks, well, you know what? I'm going to take away the thing from you that you want the most. You want this victory. And as you were saying, Matt, I love the look on her face. Yeah. When she comes out of that tunnel, as I've said, I don't, I'm not sure she's a great actress, but when she comes out of that tunnel, that's really well acted. The look on her face, the shift from the kind of fake smile to the look when, I mean, they're never going to see each other <laughs> from that height. <laughs> yeah, you betrayed me? Well, you shouldn't have betrayed me because I've just ruined your plan. So I'm going to blow up now, but take this. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I love the fact that we've just talked because I, I I've not talked about that moment with anybody. The fact that how much I enjoyed that moment. Oh, and so it's that I just love that last ninety oh, seconds. That's been so fantastic. It's just absolutely brilliant. You could give her a little bit of um, slack as well because if she likes Zorin, she's part of this Nazi experiment thing. That's why she's so strong, I suppose. And the scene, of course, at the another horse racing scene, it seems to be. Where she picks up that shot, so that shows how yeah. how strong she really is. I think she's fantastic. We've got to mention the bedroom scene as well. Almost that's quite scary, quite intimidating, <laughs> particularly as kids. You were like, "Sheesh, this guy!" Yeah, seriously. Th- I love the way Paul acts brilliantly as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sheesh, you know, yeah, it's superb. Um, I think is this arguably the first hench uh, person that has used sex as a weapon? Yes, maybe Volpe, maybe Volpe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, blind, yeah. sorry, I'm talking yeah. absolute rot. Sorry, I told no, you. No, no, no. But it's been that long since. That's what is it? Yeah. 64, 64 to yeah, um, yeah, to eighty. Yeah, twenty years, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty, yeah, twenty-one years. So yeah, I love all the stories about how she was so out of control in the hotel, and Moore by that point just wanted an early night, and he wanted to read his lines <laughs> and then go to bed. And Grace Jones was along the corridor party until all hours, and you know there were people coming in and out <laughs> to her. Moore was getting so annoyed with her blasting. <laughs> all right. From the door. All the stories of um, a young Barbara Broccoli, her job was to go and collect Grace Jones every morning and make sure she got <laughs> the set on time. And oh, that would have been a cool documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that, is it, I, I, where, where did you hear about all that stuff, Stephen? I just, I'm such a view to a kill nerd. I, I mean, I have typed in before a view to a kill trivia and then went down a rabbit hole (laughs) really when we finish tonight that is where i'm going because i want all of that stuff straight was that she took a massive black dildo into the bed scene with roger yes yeah (laughs) just to (laughs) throw him him off his sense yeah i just (laughs) want to know what roger i want Roger is a family Please man. You do not want to hear such filth. <laughs> <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> oh, that, that, she, right. John I, I went to tonight. Yeah. What are you doing? I went to tonight thinking, you know, going through my head who my top five were. Mayday is is smashing her way to number one at this point with the, with both oh, her on screen antics and off screen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is yeah. This and she is of course she had uh, she was going out with Dolph yeah. Lundgren then, wasn't she? That's why he's in the scene yeah. out the thing, and he's sort of in the background, and we'd see him, wouldn't we, Rob? Shout out to F, uh, FYR for your reconsideration. We'd see him a couple of years later 
in uh, yeah. Rocky Four. We, Super. Well, we definitely were. I just, you know, like how glistening would their bedroom <laughs> antics have been? <laughs> just, yeah, well, pair of them, you know, just trapezoids yeah, yeah. banging, oh, yeah. shaking. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, yeah, furiously, like begrudging, no enjoyment <laughs> between either part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Break you. <laughs> I must break yeah. you. <laughs> worth, worth even more than the the videotape of Bond and Tatiana, I reckon. I think it, in the in the in the black market, it'd be get, go for a few bubbles. <laughs> anyway, we've Bond Tatiana. Unfortunately, Dolphin Grace. We've forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> the the best henchman though in View to a Kill is Scarfin. <laughs> so I don't really know why we're talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> way, way, way. <laughs> right, he's pretty loyal. Yeah. He's more loyal than Mayday. Doesn't actually fight okay. or pose any threat. So, no. Sorry, mate. It's always put me. Why does Zorin stick with Scarpin and not Mayday? You know, he's obviously yeah. going to betray one yeah. of them when he shoots everyone in the. You've got to stop and think. That's where his plan must. If he'd left Scarpin in the mine, yeah, and yeah. taken Mayday with him, he might have succeeded. You might Scarpin <laughs> moving that. Might have done rather well. <laughs> yeah, it's. it's I, I love that. Yes. I do, yeah, I, I'm thinking about this film in a whole different light now. I've got to watch it again. I just, I've just i been listening it's to that so John Murray School this whole week. It's oh, so good. Mayday bombs out. Just good, it's me. Goosebumps. If only we had that now, anyway. Let's hope Hans Zimmer does a good job. No time to die. We move on to the Timothy Dalton era. We've only got two films, but we've got two of the best henchmen yeah. possible. We've mentioned them both. As as John will say, which other henchman has got their own theme song and <laughs> yeah. listens to it on their headphones? <laughs> we have a giveaway if you're a professional. Imagine you imagine you know his method. Yeah. He says that other people know his method. Pretenders, that necros might be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's, he's really good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm so sorry, Matt. Again, what? Where's the technology that was so good back in the day? That the dubbing was so good, it was so. I'm, I'm trying to remember his voice in Die Hard. Um, sorry, Die Hard. Not Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, very good. Sorry. What <laughs> <laughs> a different stretch. <laughs> <laughs> you know when uh, his brothers uh, chainsawing the thing like nine, nine. You know, but uh, that might have been dubbed as well. Like, <laughs> he's, he, is he Polish, wasn't he? He's, he's absolutely sound Polish. He's brilliant. He's or R- Russian. He's Polish. one of the best. He was a dancer. Gold standard, yeah, gold yeah, standard. Yeah. Stephen, I agree with you. Like, um, he's top table. Like, yeah. you know, if it's the Ballon d'Or, he's yeah, the, the cameras are ready on him. <laughs> yeah. 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 As they, sh- as they should be, because he's an incredible looking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> He is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's necessary as well because, as much as I love Moore, you know, Moore doesn't seem the most imposing yeah. type, but when you get to Dalton's bastard heart, you need something for yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, with Dalton, <laughs> you, you're going to need something that's going to be tough and imposing. And Necros gets rid of my favourite oh, minor yes. character from the series, Saunders. Oh, oh. Saunders, yeah. We love Saunders, we love him, don't worry. 
Well, he's a, he is a yeah, bit of a star. He has a look. That makes him even better. He does. Yeah, he's got enough. Leaving it at that double O seven. Job worth not at the start. You just you, you can see them needling each other, and then the time they're in the cafe, and, he, and Dalton does that really big dramatic pause. Yeah. Saunders. Five minutes later. Thanks. Such good acting. They could work together though. Oh, I love it. I wish I'd, I'd go in for the Bond and Saunders, you know, <laughs> extended Bondverse from that. Oh, you know, like stuff that they would do together. Like I, I love that. Um, oh, just it's one of the reasons I love living there like so much is Saunders and well, it's just Saunders. I loved all the pieces. Um, um, can I so, tell you? Can I tell you something? We went to. I went with mum and dad to um, the Royal Shakespeare Company uh, Theatre in Stratford recently, maybe two or three years ago, and it was a performance of uh, All's Well That Ends Well, and Thomas Wheatley featured in. Uh, he, sorry, he plays Saunders. Yes, he did. It, it, it was only oh, a small really part, are. sadly, but <laughs> the man who played really? Saunders was there. And uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted to queue up for, for hours after his uh, autograph, but mum and dad weren't having it, so uh, we had to we had to leave. But yeah, I've seen him in the flesh. He was a few yards away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. incredible. <laughs> I just, can we have a lost <laughs> yeah. interview trying to convince you, mum and dad? Yeah, it's yeah. so oh, yeah. He's over there. Yes. So, oh. so yeah, 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 grow to like and have some affection for so that's when i've said i've said i've said this a few times now i think that's the sort of level of personal that you need to bond so that you know you've murdered someone he's likes that he's grown to like in front of us rather than bringing in his foster brother or you know someone else like that you you know i don't think i don't think well you definitely don't need that but that immediately you know it's, it's bond and saunders arc and then him being killed by necros you're like right Bond wants to kill him. Bond wants to kill Necros now, not just because of what he's doing with the Spear Spionum stuff, but because he's killed his sort of friend, his, his colleague and, and friend. Yeah. Oh, do, do you think that might be why Dario and Necros are so successful? Yeah. Because yeah, they, they literally they both kill, they both make it really personal. So is this a new criteria to this like, yeah. like recipe we're creating of the perfect yeah. henchman? Odd job, to be fair, makes it personal by killing both the Mastersons, doesn't he? So he, that's another reason he qualifies. You find with the very best henchmen is they, they do something mm. that you think that Bond will probably remember them. Like when Bond's sitting there with a brandy on a Friday <laughs> night, he'll probably be he's thinking of Saunders and looking at his uh, Instagram. Yeah. He's <laughs> thinking of Nick. Stuff Yes. He's out fishing on his boat, um, the Sharky. You know, him and Sharky are fishing. Oh. Sorry, not him and Sharky, but him and Felix and one leg. Yeah. Fishing, he'll be thinking, you know, that Dario guy that got away. He, I, I could have done more of him. Yeah. And I think that's with a lot of the best henchmen. They do things to Bond that makes, you know, right. Bond in his mind thinks, done. We are. Oh, I'd love to. We're on a voyage here of like working out what the what the formula is to create the, the best attention I love it Necros for me has loads of brilliant scenes I love the fight in the kitchen between <laughs> five oh. I'm so bad that I know that it's... the thing is you yeah. couldn't have that with Bond because he obviously gets his face put on the cooker or whatever it is because Bond can't have a scar but it just shows you what you can do without Bond that fight has so much bite and it's it's so brutal 
one thing though where does he get the exploding milk bottle yeah he is he runs past the milkman good morning sir whatever he says he doesn't have them yeah <laughs> then he takes the milkman and that milkman just got you know exploded. that's a special I, I love that though that, that idea that um what he does um green five did you say his name was i think it is green five i, I just did not know this at all that's amazing but uh, um green five getting done in the way he does but green five making such a good go and and yeah like, yeah yeah but that in turn makes bond that much yeah. harder mm. bond being a pay grade above or, or whatever yeah know, being a a specialisation above or a rank above, whatever, you know, makes him that much harder. It's just so good. It was one of those ones as a kid I quite liked, but then when I revisited it as an adult, yeah. I thought, yeah, oh. this is the business. This, this is Fleming so Bond. This is. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying earlier when we were talking about if you don't have the physical threat, because the main villains or the head villains in The Living Daylights, they're not really a physical <laughs> yeah. threat. I mean, Dalton would eat the both of them for breakfast. He yeah. would eat for breakfast. <laughs> You need you need Necros in the living daylight. You need someone that's quite yeah. hard. Yeah, just amazing. As we've touched on, there are loads of henchmen who are kind of bland or maybe weak photocopies of Red Grant because they're big, they're muscly, and they've got blonde hair. Uh, it's a simplification, but if you think about it that way, I think that Necros is definitely the best of those. He's yeah, the best of the Red Grant Red Grant template. You know, he's not huge, but he's in shape. He swims when everyone else is mucking about at the pool. He's got the slick back blonde hair. He's tough. And yeah. even someone as hard as Dalton has got a fight in his hands. I think the disguises as well. They're so nice. The Barry Milkman, we used to call him. And then he's he's disguised as a balloon seller, isn't he, at the fair? Um, he's just absolutely brilliant. He does. Uh, and he's, he's got also everything. got a, uh, a really memorable demise as well. And I, I, I listen. That's another track. I, li- I listen to it incessantly. Yes, like five. Oh, yes, oh. Um, great setting on the uh, you know, Tom. I know. I know. We now notice the the miniature. I don't, you know, I don't know what you call it when the, when they're looking down from above. You can see the fake scenery. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But that that's aside, true, yeah. I think it's such a good. Oh, you know, a, a, a fight on a, on the plane and. Uh, and just that way of, way of getting it's rid of him. Absolutely. Yeah, when the music comes in. You, you know. Dun, dun. Oh, it's just, it's magic. The same noise as uh, the bass. <laughs> Holding the bass. <laughs> I gave him the boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super. You know, let go of that thing. thing. <laughs> and it's two guys hanging out of a, the back of a plane on a net. So it's John Glenn. So you've got two stuntmen hanging out the back of a plane on a net. Yeah, it's real. That that was the thing that, that made that. Again, and all those little things add up to the weight and impact of a, a character, doesn't it? And in, the, in our instance, it's henchmen. Like Necros is tenard. He's out there fighting Dalton, who we established is <laughs> hard. Uh, like, and they're hanging out the back of a plane. It's mega. It's absolutely mega. <laughs> it's, it's the most New bomb death. thing growing up with kids. It really is. Yeah. Like iconic death is now something to add to the the tick list of what makes yeah, a great yeah. henchman. Come <laughs> on. 
Yeah, Dario. So like like we said, Benicio del Toro at the time he was unknown, wasn't he? And I, I didn't realise it was the same guy um, when I was growing up because obviously he's quite he's very very thin at that time. Still, still a good physical presence. He's pretty tall, Benicio del Toro. It's not so much the physical presence, isn't it? It's just pure evil. It just looks like a horrible guy. And he's really, he, in the end, a lot of the, the film is about a reputation for loyalty. And whereas, of course, a lot of the other guys that Sanchez has, they betray him. So, uh, Dario is the one who sticks with him, isn't he? So that get, gives him a brownie points in terms of what, what a good henchman he is. We have him at first. He's got, I think they're called Brown and Perez, apparently. I didn't know that. His, his two goons that he hangs around with, hmm. who are a bit slightly com- comedic, aren't they, by the time the crop dusting goes on them and all that. but uh, So they're not, they're not going to be the final, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> when we get to talk about Dario, I mean, I could go on. The guy's an absolute genius. Yeah, definitely one of my favourites. Um, yeah. So many memorable lines like, I know him, he's an informer. And, oh, yes. The classic, we gave yeah. her a nice honeymoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just creepy. A lot of people have a different relationship with Benicio Del Toro than I do. When they see License to Kill, they go, oh, there's a young Benicio <laughs> yeah. Del Toro. But when I see him in other films, I think, oh, there's an older Dario. He's memorable. He leaves an impression. That well, the, it's, cr- it's, it's crucial. Missing it's crucial that he does, isn't it? Because film, like, otherwise, yeah, Bob yeah. wouldn't be able to um, do the whole, you know, get infiltrating... Sanchez's whole operation and everything and, and, and ruin it. So it is crucial that he's not there. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a I'm not sure. Was no, former. I, I don't know. I've seen that film many times. He was off doing something with the Stingers, or as Dalton says, the Stingers. You know, he was off doing something to do with that. Uh, again, I don't want to tell you how many times in my house, you know, I have to shout, what about your Stingers? <laughs> <laughs> too many times Get the yeah he's, he's perfection Dario is just he's on hinge Swoon as well. he's got a backstory yeah he looks absolutely the part physically he's more slight isn't he than Dalton yeah. um, but that he's He's got that unhinged, wild quality that makes you think, no, no, he's, he's a massive threat. Like, he's got little flick knives popping from every corner, hasn't he? I think every scene he's in, he's one of the best things in it. I just love him. Brilliant, iconic death, one of the, probably the most gruesome in the whole franchise, oh, I think. Rated 15. It's just great. Isn't it? My yeah, um, yeah, he's on the front row at the back. If door. I may, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's absolutely yes, brilliant. You know, I keep saying this, but there's something about his eyes and and everything, and it's a great performance from Benicio del Toro because he doesn't have that many scenes and he doesn't have that many lines, but everything has a real, you know, impact to it. And yeah, that his his role in Della's death. You know, and then it's a good, it's a really good scene in the um, you know dirty love in the uh, in 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 the bar. That's really good, and oh, yeah. yeah. So and yeah, like I say, he's not he's not. Although he, you know he is tall and everything, he's not like I think Dalton could have, have him in a fight, but he, he, he he's there's there's something psychotic about him, and when when he's sort of looming over Bond when he's you know about to. Get you know, push him into the horrible drug grinder thing. He, he like spits down on him, and his eyes are scary, and he's got blood on him. It's absolutely terrifying. I agree. And if you think about it, the way he's introduced, the very first scene right at the beginning is he's the one who's cut out the heart of you know Lupe's lover. He's the one who does it. He's the one who yeah uh, murders Della. 
possibly rape, sir. I mean, I don't. It's dreadful, isn't it? Jimmy's the one no. who's uh, fed uh, Felix to the shark. So, you, again, tick, another tick for him in terms of he is a real threat. He's definitely a threat. When, yeah. when he turns up at the drug factory at the end, there's there's a part of you thinks, oh right, okay. Games over. He's been playing this whole thing really well. The undercover thing, well, here it's going to get real. Yeah, uh, right. I, well, I didn't think of all the. You know, on. when you think of all those awful things he's done, done all in one go. You know, one after the other. Pretty... <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his rap sheet is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, the, in terms of crimes committed not, during that film. Not God's best. <laughs> not God's best. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> no. words right out of my mouth. Are you all right? Switch the bloody machine off! Really 007 is part of the Pod Dojo Network. We move on to the Pierce Brosnan era, where I think we get a 100% record of henchmen. Whereas in some of the... Other actors' films, there wasn't always a henchman. There is a henchman. There's often two henchmen in the Brosnan days. I mean, some people argue Oromov is a henchman of Alec Trevelyan in the end as a sort of twist. I don't think he qualifies for the purpose of this because, of course, uh, Zen is the real henchwoman of the piece. We've got in Twine, we've got Mr. Bullion. Of course, Renard is presented as the main villain in that, but he is effectively the henchman in the end, so we will... We will include Renard, don't worry. Uh, and then we've even got uh, Gabor, who is one of uh, Electra's bodyguards, who's technically another henchman. Do an awful lot, but he's there. <laughs> and then all the way, all the way, of course, sorry, forgot uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, apart from Stamper. We've got Dr. Kaufman. I'm obsessed with defining people as assassins. He is an assassin, isn't he? He, <laughs> he enjoys killing people. But his name is George. He kills people. But yeah, he he amazing performance. <laughs> but yeah, we'll concentrate on Stumper. There's also in Dine of the Day, of course, Zhao is the main henchman. There's uh, Mr. Kill. Sexy. So there's, a, there's another secondary henchman. I'm just glossing over these because we will now go, we'll cut to Goldeneye and we will talk <laughs> about Xenia on a top. Rob, please give me your initial thoughts. And I, I, I remember seeing. I don't know whether we... Yes, we saw it together at the cinema. We did, we were, yeah. We were, it was your 13th birthday, wasn't it? 13, yeah. And we were... I mean, we were obsessed with the film for many reasons, but I think half our year fell in love with Xenia. Well, it was a, um, as an introduction when you were 13 to seeing, you know, um, sexuality on the big screen. It was a rather... <laughs> Yeah, um, heavy-handed <laughs> way of you know, like flipping heck. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Um, never seen anything like it since. 
it, it was a no. I, I think she's one. You know, she's a brilliant character. She's a definite uh, henchwoman. She fits all the archetypes. She's got all the tick boxes everywhere. Um, Multi skilled as well. You know, flighter, flighter. Uh, helicopter pilot, uh, flighter. <laughs> what is a flighter? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he also, you know, dispatches people brilliantly. Obviously, the thingy around the neck thing. He's using sex as a weapon again. It's a, it's a henchperson trope. Uh, I just think she's absolutely brilliant. And when she came along in the franchise after the six-year gap since license, it wasn't like for me. It wasn't like the franchise needed reinvigorating. It was just like we just need the franchise to to keep going with a a contemporary twist you know you don't don't go back to basics whatever but you know keep it going forward um and golden i was absolutely perfect for that martin campbell deserves all the re- respect and plaudits for that um and i think zenny on the top is a big part of that i think she's ace brilliant 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 brilliant, brilliant. steven were you how old were you when uh golden i came out were you able to watch it in the cinema um yes i'm quite old i'm four i'm touching 40 now so Living Daylights was my first cinema trip. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm really apprehensive about talking about Xenia because I, I've loved talking about this, this, the, oh, all these things ooh. on the podcast with you guys, and I really would like to get invited back, but yeah. I'm not big no. on Xenia. No, mate, go, don't be half, don't be half. No, because differences, that's the part of it. Like, um, that is all, because you can't, like, <laughs> please, um, no, tell, because I've, I've learned to love Mayday today. Yeah. So, I can see what they were doing with her. I think I, I can imagine that the creative team were terrified of making another license to kill. They didn't want to go down the dark, realistic route. They, with Goldeneye, I mean, it's, it's quite obvious with Goldeneye, they were thinking, let's go back to the roots, let's make the, the real kind of populist Bond. We'll, we'll do all the things, we'll take all the boxes that people want from Bond. So, we've got to have that colorful hinge person. And, and she very much is that. For me, it's because of a Christmas Day factor. So if I was sitting watching Goldeneye, I like a lot of what Xenia does, but when she's almost having an orgasm, yeah. killing people and shooting yeah. people and getting off on it, if I was sitting in a room with my granddad or my parents, it'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty evil, though. I mean, she does get off on stuff like that. Yeah. Billy J. Mitchell. Xenia, I can't. <laughs> I was always going to tell me if you weren't, I was. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got that first, Rob. Sorry, but quite right. Could you imagine us yeah, in the well, cinema? I was uh, 13. I, I yeah. sneak away, um, in our jaws, well, like what is in the words of uh, Waylin, <laughs> I snuck in. So I went to watch it when I was, I went to watch it at the cinema when I was 10. <laughs> um, pre-ordered the, the tickets and then just breezed on through. No way. <laughs> um, How did you do it? Anyway, yeah, um, I don't know if, you know, Stephen's got more to say on Xenia, but just to say, you know, I was 10 and I saw that scene and I was like, whoa, what's, I, I don't even know if I know what this means or what what's the, what's happening here. It's pretty, it's pretty graphic, still quite graphic for a bomb film. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's pretty outrageous. It is. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah, not yeah. as graphic as, as Brosnan and Ferry. <laughs> yeah, no, but no. I, you know, I always found it quite scary. Yeah. I think it's a good performance by Frankie <laughs> Hansen and and uh, you know, 
I, I, I think she's great. I, I just to come back on what you were saying, Stephen. I, I agree. There was, I think the first time I watched it with mum and dad, I was like, oh no, the scene that's coming up. Like, oh, just got to get through it. Like somehow, like, do I talk? Do I look out the window when it's happening? You know, what do I do? <laughs> you don't need the gun, Commander. That depends on your definition of safe sex. It's close enough. Not for what I have in mind. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. think she's a kind of continuation That's, from the the person you yes. see on the screen it's in the living daylight when Dalton and Q are yeah. going through the villains and it's the, the woman that strangles yeah. people with her thighs. Do you think so? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's Explosive amazing. teddy bear, you know that scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exploding teddy yeah. bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can imagine Michael Steve Austin with his notepad going, actually, let's come back to that, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even her death's quite classic, though, isn't it? Because she does get strangled herself, effectively, doesn't she? Yeah. She's like, yeah. you know, again, cinema literate, isn't it? But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Stephen. I agree. They're, they're awkward scenes. The Maybe, I mean, Roger Moore would hate them. Roger Moore, as you've said, would have absolutely hated these scenes, wouldn't he? But as an introduction... It, she she isn't that effective in the, the sort of the spa scene, but it's such a brilliant scene. The dialogue in that scene is superb. Yeah, it's brilliant. And yeah, I mean, maybe I'd say the only things there's there's just sections when we don't see it, but then she'd perhaps become distracting from the main uh, villain reveal. So I think it works perfectly, really. I've got another really, 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 and I mean really yeah. niche comment to make about Xenia. Yes. You know, in the casino scene when they first meet, the outfit she's wearing really reminds me <laughs> Mr. of Mister from the X Men animated series. I'm not sure if anyone has ever seen that. <laughs> Rob, I'm I'm counting on Rob here. Is it is Rob? <laughs> oh, Mister Sinister! I, I, I heard laughter. Mister Kill. Mister Mister Sinister from the X Men animated. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it is very yeah, lovely, I, isn't it? It, it, she's she's going I like no I don't know <laughs> I'm digging I'm trawling through it in my head where like where can I make this link and I can't make it I don't know uh, so uh, no I can't it's one of them things that um, I think that she has those comic book qualities definitely and I think she's pulled pulled like all those sort of uh, well, the wardrobe choices right from the beginning with her are all brilliant, even when there isn't really a wardrobe choice to make. Hint, hint at what's been going on. Of course, <laughs> but they're Just a you know, like they all—they're all very, um, yeah. You're yeah. right, comic booky. Yeah, with Goldeneye, I don't think she would fit with License to Kill or Living no. Daylights. No, 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 not at all. But I would like to see her in there. But I, I think he's Dolphin. one of the least. He's one of the least. Yeah, that's, sort of, yeah. Sexy bonds. I mean, you know, in the tradition. So I can't have a sex scene. That, do you know what I mean? Whereas Brosnan seems like he's he's well up for it, you know, all the time. But <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's that one awkward line that um, <laughs> there's that one awkward line that uh, uh, Dalton has to give, and it's that um, yeah. Why don't you ask me? I always thought it was quite. Yeah. You know, I, I always found it yeah, quite yeah. awkward as a you know like. <laughs> <laughs> but whereas Brosnan would have been like, you know, there's all the different yeah. ways that, um, you know, um, that Bond yeah. would have said that line. Like, well, Craig would have been like, why don't you ask me? Bend himself <laughs> over the side. <laughs> uh, and then Dalton yeah, I, would um, you know, if, I, like, if I ever get married, I think I might Dalton include that in my More would have been, well, why don't you ask me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would have worked with it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you, you know, and Matthew, do you take? Do, 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 do. Why don't you ask me? No, why don't you ask me? <laughs> you think you can break me? Huh? That could be another that. <laughs> oh yes, you think you can break break extra syllable in there? Brioche. Yeah. So nice. Brioche. No idea what word that is, but I yeah, don't know what is it. How do you spell? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Brilliant. Yeah, like, how dare that trailer for that film make me and my siblings say to each other, you know, in play fights, no more foreplay. You know, why, why, yeah, like, we, we didn't know what it meant. Yeah. We definitely didn't know what it meant. Didn't know. <laughs> no idea. Terrible. But it was like, no more messing about, something like that. 
That was it. Yeah, yeah. Just don't mess around. They make it sexual. They make it sexual. <laughs> so, do, pardon me, expression. We've done enough Xenia now. So we move on to Tomorrow Never Dies. And we've already mentioned Hestamper. Hestamper. And he is definitely a archetypal, stereotypical henchman. Big blonde again. I think he's six foot six, apparently. Gutz Utu, the, the gorgeous German actor, is extremely strong. He's loyal to Carver. And like you say, Stephen, Carver is perhaps the least physical threat of any uh, villain. <laughs> <laughs> so he does need someone like this next to him. And Henry Gutz is not up to snuff, is he, in the physical stakes? So we, <laughs> we, we get Stamper. Rob, you, are you a fan of uh, Hesh Stamper? I find him hilarious. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, you know, he, you should see what he looks like now because he's still acting to this day. So yeah. um, he looks, you know, fabulous hair, still very, very tall. Um, a bit of like, a, you know, like a non-plastic surgery Fabio vibe yeah. going on about him, which I really like. <laughs> um, so I thought like, yeah, he was, um, I, I've got, I don't find him any real threat compared to the likes of Gabinder and, and you know, like, he's not, sorry. He's a physical threat. He is a physical threat. But he's not in the upper echelons of where my head's at with this one, with this question. There's just something about him that isn't very memorable <laughs> at all, really. Apart from the fact that when he gets stabbed in the knee, he does one of the best shouts of nine in cinema of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. Not really feeling, Mr. Stamper. Great frosted tips there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... Uh... I think the intent, the, the, there's good intention there. Like you say, he's necessary for because Elliot Carver's hardly going to get, you know, going to get the better of Bond in a physical fight. But I, don't, I, I just, yeah, I think he is forgettable. And I don't know if it's a bit too on the nose in terms oh, of pathetic. being another blonde physical. Like Necros was, if, if he was a bit of a, a throwback to Red Grant, then he was the way to do it. Stampers, uh, he's just quite, he's just very forgettable. I, I would I would probably say that every time I start that film again, I, it never crosses my mind that I'm about to see Stamper and you know he again he doesn't have necessarily a particular way of killing anyone or I don't does he kill does he does he dispose of anyone we care about at all I can't yeah but the, you see the so, yeah, the problem is Kaufman is, makes Kaufman's far more of an impact in something, but five minutes. Kaufman's more evil. Five. Stamper. Yeah, yeah. He just, he, he, if you know, he, he's all right, but he's not. He's not as good a, a, a henchman as 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 you'd hope for, really. <laughs> Go for it, Steve. Apparently, yeah. When he was in his audition, he walked in and said, "I'm big, I'm bad, and I'm German." That <laughs> is quite cool. That is cool. But it kind of covers what you get from him. Um, I like the line, I yeah. owe you an unpleasant death, Mr. Bond. I quite like yeah. the line, uh, Dr. Kaufman's record was 52 hours. I'm going to break it. Yes. If I was covering Tomorrow Never Dies, sort of looking at all the news before it came out, and I saw a picture of him, I'd think, whoa, he's going to be a cool henchman. But he just kind of fades from memory. He's not especially memorable. He doesn't get any memorable kills. He doesn't really influence bond too much he doesn't impact on him a huge amount he looks ideal when you look at him when you look at a picture of stamper you think cool that's what a bond henchman should look like but he's no necros no and i, I don't know if that's the fault of the actor or maybe the dialogue or the 
film because Tomorrow Never Dies is very much a film that is saying, right, here's the Bond formula, here's what you all want from Bond, so we're going to have all these boxes, we're going to do this, 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 this. Henchman, right, blonde, big, muscly, strong, but you just don't mm. remember him, like Matt was saying, you know, when you think of Tomorrow Never Dies, if someone said to me, okay, Tomorrow Never Dies, who's the henchman? I'd have to pause for a minute and go, oh, yeah, it's Stamper. Yeah. He just doesn't stand out. He's not bad. He's definitely a henchman. He definitely meets the requirements of what we're talking about earlier, but if we were going to do a top five or anything like that, he'd be nowhere in your mind. He's a bit like you, you sign a big centre forward to do the job. You know, he comes on late for the last 10 minutes to nod one in. He's not really someone who you, you're going to use tactically. That's, that's the, yeah. the ridiculous thing to use. The Ken Charlery of... of uh, the Ken Charlery <laughs> I, I was just trying to find that reference back in my he's brain. No Kelly he's no Kevin Francis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's no Kevin Francis. <laughs> what I didn't know, though, is that um, after oh. looking at some pictures of okay. Mr. Stamper now, um, he's actually got one brown eye and one blue eye. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if they played on that a bit more, but at no point do I remember that from watching it, either on the big screen or at home or whenever, you know. Mm. Weird. Maybe um, I missed him. <laughs> Mr. Stamper. He's Mr. So Stamper. Mr. Stamper. Yeah. It's over, Stamper. Let her go. Not between you and me. James, try to detonate it. Missile will send them off. Never argue with a woman. They're always right. <laughs> Move on to the world is not enough. You know, the, Mr. Bullion is a bit pathetic, isn't he? He he's a bit of a wimp, isn't he? I mean, he is, he's just a bodyguard and he's you know a real threat. Gabor again looks the part. I think he was he a wrestler as well, the actor. Yeah, he's he's not really in it enough to register. So we're left with Renard, who got he's got a big part, hasn't he? He's hyped up more than any other Bond villain in the series, you could say. Because we hear about him, we get that lovely 3D proje- projection. I don't really know why we need it, but it is, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And it's that, the thing that he will be, he, he will die as a result of this bullet in the brain, but until then he feels no pain. It's quite a gimmicky, but it's quite a cool idea, isn't it? 
it's uh, a bit unrealistic, but I quite like I quite like the idea. And he's set up as some amazing body. I mean, Robert Carlyle, he's obviously in there because he's acting. Because I think he's only like five foot eight or something. He's not he's not a particularly big guy. He's obviously a very good actor. There's an awful lot to say on Ranod, and we will be doing the world. It's not enough for a proper review fairly soon. So we will go into greater depth than then. But Rob, as a sort of, as a henchman, he's a bit more complicated because he's got the whole Stockholm Syndrome relationship with Electra, And we do get an end fight, but we don't see an awful lot of how bad he is, even though he's been hyped up, maybe. Yeah, I think that's more the failing of the um, the script direction of this, you know, or the story direction of the, of the movie. Um, I some weight. weed. Sorry, that's a terrible reference. To the only, you know, the, the Michael Jackson, Siegfried and Roy exclusive song he did. It had to get a reference. For the, you know, the when you leave, Bond. yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, I, I just... There's so many, I mean, we might as well let's not talk about bullying. He's one of the worst in the whole franchise. It's yeah. a stunt casting moment that doesn't is not necessary. Yeah, bless him. Renard is he's kind of impotent. He's just you know like mm. his fate's ordained. You know, there's nothing that's going to really surprise with his fate here. I don't know. It's funny because all those rules we've set out already, I should be really loving him, but I don't see him as yeah. a real physical threat to 007. To in this, so yeah, he sort of looks yeah. like not being. So, um, I Marceau is much I think, more of a yeah, threat. Yeah, clearly, Electra is the main villain, and obviously that isn't quite apparent at the start, and becomes more apparent and becomes clearer towards the end. Yeah, I, I think um, I was saying this in the Skyfall episode. I absolutely love it in a film where a character, usually an antagonist, a villain, is talked about and hyped up, so that when when you meet them. Well, you know, in anticipation of meeting them, you're like, whoa, I can't wait to see this this character. You know, they, they do a good job, but they, they talk him up, like you say, Tom, more than he actually delivers. And in terms yeah, of, yeah. you know, I think yeah. th- they could have done something with the, the whole thing about, they could really have done something about not feeling pain and everything. But I'm <clears throat> I'm trying to remember, and we'll, we'll come, you know, I am I think I'm on the episode when we're reviewing it, but he, he shows it off, first of all, when he's holding the, the burning uh, rock, and he puts it in Davidoff's hand. But then when do we actually, when do we see him use that to either threaten Bond or in an action sense? Does he ever use it? He he uses it again when he punches. It's just, it's something he talks about himself, you know, as though it's like um, a medical condition he's got that that doesn't have much to do with the action or something, but it's, you know, it's like, I don't know if he's got a mental health issue or, you know, that's not, that's not, you know, he suffers from depression or it's, it doesn't, it doesn't in the end. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't in the end really. It's a, it's a wasted opportunity. I think there are, there are some action beats that they could have, they could have massively, you know, been able to, to include that. I don't know. Um, superpower almost in, and I think it's a wasted opportunity. And I think Robert Carlyle, good, good actor, but he's too small to be a physical threat for, for Pierce Brosnan and Bond, I think um, had they had they done the superpower better, <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily have mattered as much about his size. But because it's not used much, it does. Really disappointed in the scene where he guns down some workers in an underground work site, <laughs> then sets off an explosive device, but doesn't say right on schedule at the end. 
That's the difference. I, I don't mind Renard. I love the twist that he's on the posters and you yeah. think he's going to be the yeah, main yeah. villain, but he's actually, I think that's quite cool. I love the shot where Brosnan shoots the glass and Renard's behind the glass. Yeah, that's really <laughs> the bullet yeah. In the middle of court, that's really cool. Um, welcome to my nuclear family. Deserves a mention as one of the worst yeah. puns in any <laughs> His condition that the bullet will kill him, but was it? It will make him stronger every day till the day he dies. I mean, I'm I'm happy to go along with a You're lot of nonsense in Bond. I just don't get how it works. Like, so he can't experience pain, but how does that make him stronger? If he punches through them and he's still going to break his hand and not going to be able to, anyway, that's nonsense nitpicking. But. He's he's fine, quite like the, the introductory scene where he's wandering around, you know, the scene with all the flames and the hot rocks and for thousands of years, Hindu pilgrims mm. have travelled to this holy place. I don't mind. <laughs> it's quite a nice scene to him, but it's a bit of a rubbish finale when he's fighting Brosnan and the, the, the pole gets shot and mm. Denise Richards is faffing about at the bottom and the sub's turned up sideways. and. <laughs> 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 he's okay. He's okay. I'm saying, if someone said to me top ten henchmen, I don't think Renard would get near my top ten. Is that harsh? No, I think I think I agree with you there. Welcome to the Devil's Breath. For thousands of years, Hindu pilgrims have journeyed to this holy place to witness the wonder of the miracle of the natural flames that never die, and to test their devotion to God by holding the scolding rocks in their hands as they said their daily prayers. Tell me, Davidov, what happened this afternoon? You promised me your best man. Mr. Arkov supplied the latest weapons. Yes, uh, but Bond... Bond was unarmed. And you, Arkov, is everything ready for tomorrow? The authorization and the passes in the car. And I have arranged for a plane tonight, but. Uh, but what? We should scrap the rest of the mission. The Parahawks were meant to be returned. People will start asking questions, even of me, all because of his incompetence. Ah. I see. I see you're right. You're right. He should be punished. Davidov, hold this for me. <laughs> It is wrong of me to expect so much of you. Kill him. He failed his test of devotion. You can take his place, take his ID, and do be on time. You know this sort of twee glib comment people <laughs> say, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's almost like a, mm-hmm. a cinematic version of that, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually yeah, quite meaningless yeah, and not helpful at all. <laughs> and it's rubbish in this it's film. It's about waiting to die, isn't it? Yeah. No yeah. time to die. What Matt said, his ability isn't really used. You know, he holds the burning rock and he punches a, is it a basket or whatever in her room he punches through? <laughs> Apart from that, he doesn't really push himself stronger, harder, longer, whatever it is. His 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 ability or whatever it is, it never really comes into play. It's almost like it's almost like the creative team thought, right, we need a gimmicky deformity because he's a henchman, so what can we give him? He doesn't really need it. He's Robert Carlyle with a skinhead. 
He's the henchman. Yeah. He's killing people. That's kind of enough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'd agree. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. And and let Carlisle, because Carlisle gives everything to the role as well. You know, Carlisle yeah, does. back, and he's only working with the material he's got. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like this scene with him and M, where M's in the jail cell and they're sort of debating who has ruined Electra, you know, who's made her. That's a nice little scene. Yeah. yeah, he is more than just the stereotypical big henchman. To be fair to him, that that's his saving grace, which sort of elevates him maybe above mid table. But he's not going to get in the final, is he? I don't think it's a funny yes. film. The world is not enough. It's it's caught between yeah. stereotypical formula Bond and you know let's try something <laughs> different Bond. It's these two films jarred together. Here's all this like Electra. Does not yes. belong in the same film as X-ray specs. They, I mean, <laughs> Sophie Marceau is really, really good. Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. And there's this whole kind of love triangle and there's Stockholm Syndrome. And I just think, this isn't a Bond film? Someone put this in a Bond film? You know, good for you. And then it's it's the one-liners that you can see Brosnan struggling with. I came prepared for a cold reception. It's, it's, it's two films jammed together. Yeah. I just kind of wish they'd been a bit braver to kind of go with the Sophie Marceau Stockholm thing. So, do you, uh, uh, Stephen, do you think there might be like um, a darker version of World Is Not Enough out there that actually followed through with its convictions? I oh. think that's what Mike Arted was trying to make. Being the saddle that I am, I've read lots of interviews with him about what the film he was going for, and apparently he sat down with his wife and said, we need to make this a bit more woman-friendly. How would you contribute to her character? And supposedly the Bond creative team pulled back a bit and said, we need to make this a bit more Bond. What a surprise. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a There's shame! A lot of skyfall in there. When you watch the world is not uh, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. When you watch it, you can see the blueprint of skyfall. You can see what they were trying to do. We will, uh, of course, the skyfall review will be out very <laughs> yeah. soon. We did discuss that then, and I think the three of us, apart from you, Stephen, we're very soon going to discuss the world. Is that enough? So I don't want to do too many spoilers, and John will be the other, the other <laughs> who is going to give it. We know it's one of John's favourites, which is I'm absolutely can't wait to to see why. I'm not saying I I'm not giving anything away, but it's perhaps not many people would sort of herald it up there in quite the way he does. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> if you're enjoying Really 007, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Look us up at Really 007 Pod. But if we move on to a film everybody loves, it's it's obviously one of the best films in the series, Die Another Day. So we... we <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair to it, we get... I think we get a better henchman in, in Zhao. I, I, you know, he's got a bit of a... He's got a bit of a backstory. He's, there's a lot more to him than just a goon, like Hans. He... Okay, the diamonds in his face is totally ridiculous. Why does he just keep them in there? Why doesn't he just use them as money? I've no idea. I'm sure they could take them out. The I didn't. I've forgotten about this as yeah. well. The, the, the really dodgy plot point as well is, is that operation trying to make him more white or more European or something. I mean, that's, I, don't, I mean, that's actually extremely troublesome. That and then Bond sort of stops it, stops it in his, in his tracks. But yeah, 
Well, I don't know why he goes bald either. He's obviously quite a you know gorgeous looking guy, and then for some reason his he's hair fan. Is, is, is removed. And he's got like <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got um he's got um almost like a you know when you go blind in his eyes look like a Doctor X the Action Man villain. But uh, yeah, he, he uh, as a physical physical chap, he's, he's a big guy, <laughs> and I know Math will attest the. The ending, the way he dies, is possibly my favourite scene in the whole film. The music, the bomb theme, the way the car <laughs> goes round and the chandelier falls on him. Ah, it's it's harking <laughs> back to the no. to the glory years. into it more doesn't he when when they arrive at the ice palace and obviously for many people that's kind of it's beginning to go badly downhill from there there are two weird there are two weird um chases because i can't remember i can never remember which comes first there's the there's the awful one with the um (laughs) surfing so they, they sort of go away from the ice palace and then come back and then there's another one which is better which is the car you know zow in his green jag i think it is and bond bond in obviously the invisible car which yeah but that one again they drive away and then they drive back yeah i i did i did always think that was that was a pretty uh, a pretty memorable death and if you can just um, which i'm sure a lot of you you know most of you guys can't um, <laughs> the invisible car thing i you know i don't i don't like it i think it's it's ridiculous you know it's sci-fi but just for a second i can sort of forgive the pun, park it a little bit when, you know, it does that reversing up and then, Zara, I mean, it's a bit it's silly, isn't it? It's all silly. It's all ridiculous. And then that means he goes into the water and then Bond shoots the chandelier and it comes down and he goes, ah, you know. Um, I think that, I think, I think whilst absolutely ridiculous and bordering on sci-fi, it's quite a memorable, uh, it's so a memorable scene and a memorable de- demise for quite a memorable uh, henchman. Yeah, I, I think there's um yeah that whole sequence is ruined by um yeah the bizarre choice <laughs> to you know when um the Jaguar goes <laughs> off the balcony yeah. and it it hits yeah. the second balcony yeah. and then rotates. They use like um a weird frame yeah, rate, yeah. like eight yeah. frames a second. Yeah, Tamahori. Like why? What? Just you've done this amazing stunt. Show it in, in all yeah, its glory. Don't don't hide yourself from the world. So um, no, I I agree. Zhao Zhao is the best of the. I think the Brosnan hench, henchman. I think. All right. Good. Apart from Zenia. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apart from Zenia. But yeah, Zenia has no, okay. got a lot more going for him than, well, Mr. Stamper. Uh, so, <laughs> so he keeps coming up again. Mm-hmm. Don't mean for him to keep coming up. but Mr. Yeah. Stamper. And, and 
the the death is good. Yeah. Um, that I always wondered what was it that Bond shot while he was driving to bring the chandelier down. I've got no idea. Was it ice? Good point. <laughs> what did he shoot? I just don't know. But it's great. Yeah, it's good. And yeah, like that's a cool death, isn't it? Like impaled on a massive chandelier of diamonds and all ice and whatever. So yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've got a massive amount to say, but Zal, I. <laughs> he, he's a really good looking guy um, I think I may be the only person on the planet who really likes the first Fast and the Furious film and he's in that and he's quite good wow. two yeah. there's two of us oh nice <laughs> I like it's sort of a classic Bond henchman introduction you know I am Zal you are like yes yes really grills yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the diamond thing the diamond thing is another thing that strikes me as the creative team saying we need to deform him how can we deform him yeah We've done the arm, we've done the bowler, we've done the weeping blood from the eye. What can we do now? Um, and it's just a bit silly. You think, pick those out? Why are they still in your face? It just annoys yeah. me every time I see him. Yeah. Yeah. Reef would say them out, wouldn't he? He's, he's fine. No. He's fine oh, in a good, film that just falls Steve. apart. Die another day is not... I don't think it's quite the unwatchable turkey that some Bond fans make Absolutely. out. I think the first half an hour is actually yeah. quite good. Every, but but yeah. every time I watch it, it annoys me. Every time I watch it, I put it in and I think this is going to be terrible. And then the first half an hour, I'm thinking, do you know what? Quite good. I remember yeah. this being worse. <laughs> and then it just sort of slowly falls apart. So Zao's a sort of henchman, I think, that could work quite well in another film with maybe a, another couple of drafts. <laughs> yeah. Rick Yoon is capable of posing a threat to Brosnan, despite the fact that Brosnan's got that massive bird chest on his uh, bird, <laughs> bird neck. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're casting a henchman, you need to look at the Bond actor. You need someone that can, with, with Moore, it might be a bit easier to find someone that can pose a threat. And then with Dalton, you've got to look a bit harder. So it's all about the actor you've got playing Bond. And for me, Rick Yoon is someone, yeah, I can imagine him beating Brosnan, but then Brosnan giving a bit back. They're, they're a good match. Yeah. He's vaguely memorable, but I think it might be because of his, his visual appearance in the diamond. So not totally terrible, but not one of my favorites. You are still feeling the side effects. The insomnia is permanent for me. An hour on the dream machine keeps me sane. What happened to you? Bond. He knows nothing. I've been this close to him and he still didn't know who I really was. You saw my father after you were exchanged? Yes. General Moon still mourns your death. My death. Considering Dawn of the Day was made 18 years ago, you'd think we've got a heck of a lot of ground to cover with our henchmen in the in the years to come. But let's be honest, there is only one uh, in the films that have come since in Mr. Hinks. Maybe No Time to Die will have one, but it doesn't appear to be that way from the cast. So we will just uh, skip Casino Real. I suppose Le Chiffre, you could call him a henchman because he... I was going to say, well, is yeah. Le Chiffre a henchman? Well, he should have been a brilliant villain, shouldn't he? he we will review it, yeah, full, of course, the... later. <laughs> but he's got all the attributes to be a brilliant villain, and he ends up being a bad henchman. There's a lot of chatter on Bond Twitter about Bond winning the poker match at the end is pure luck. Now, Tom, <laughs> I've, I've spoken to poker. I am a poker player. I'm here to say, if you ever need someone to explain why it isn't luck, just give me a bell. No. Oh. <laughs> yes. Blunt. 
The knowledge is superb, Stephen. That's that's actually quite refreshing. I, I haven't a clue what's going on in that scene. I like the way Martin Campbell shoots it. Mm. <laughs> Eva, yeah. Green, Eva Green looks nice, and that's about it. <laughs> right. I'm the money. Sorry. I'm the money. <laughs> <laughs> off your perfectly formed ass. <laughs> so, are, are we talking about? Are we talking about Hinks here, Tom? Yeah, sorry. Well, no. unless or, you or, think there's a case for the Schieffer of being a, a henchman, perhaps. I think I think the Schieffer's really good, and Mads Mikkelsen is is really good. But it's just a shame that he uh, he dies so soon and sort of a bit off screen, and well. I, I, I've always been gutted every time I watch it because there are things that I do like about the film, but I don't know. I'm, I'm always gutted because I, I think he, he he's sold a bit short by that. that that's my yeah. opinion, and I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't class him as a as a henchman. I've just classed him class him as a failed villain who isn't. He's not very nice. He does some bad things, but not as bad as other people, possibly including Bond in that film. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, how depressing is that, that you're not a henchman, you're just a bad villain? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Useless. You obviously prefer him a bit more than, than that, Stephen, do you think? Uh, yeah, I really like Le Chiffre. I, I, I get what all you guys are saying, how he kind of disappears at the end or he gets killed early and then there's a period of time at when the film has to finish when he's gone. He's a good fit for the film. I think that's really important with all your villains. You've got to figure out how they fit with the tone of the film. I love Hugo Drax, but you couldn't have Hugo Drax in Casino no. Royale. You need a specific villain for a specific film. So I think Le Chiffre is, is, is really good for Casino Royale. And he does have a kind of quiet, sinister menace. It, it's tough to be a villain when a lot of your scenes are sitting at a poker table and just opening yeah. cards open. Yeah. I'm a big fan. He's not your ultimate big bad. He's not Blofeld. But for me, he's not a henchman. He's that kind of in between maybe he's more of a Kronstein or um, yeah. yeah that sort of level yeah. sitting behind no, the desk I, yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I I do like him it's just it's just I, I it's because I like him that I'm a bit gutted he isn't there for like a final showdown or something so you know you've got the action scene in Venice and I, I don't know I just feel because there isn't a villain that we really know involved in the action scene I can, I can never get as involved with it as, as I should, even though I think the action is actually good that you're seeing. It's just the fact that there isn't that direct threat in a person. There's a guy with who's got mysteriously like one, you know, glasses with one and there's a nail gun or something. But I, I don't know. That's it's it's a bit of a I like there to be a basic thing like that, like a person, a main person that you're wanting to to get to. And, and I just don't find that in, in the Casino Royale final third. We will, like I say, discuss Casino Royale in, in more depth because it is quite a, an interesting film. It's very different in many ways to the films, especially Dying of the Day that came before it, but it's also harking back to those to those old films and it wouldn't therefore be right to have a Zao type character in it. You could argue, even Stephen's right, he's a great villain for the film. It works well for the film. I just would have personally preferred, instead of a naked Bond uh, I can't even remember how he died. Did he get shot or something? It'd be nice to have a, a fight between them. And even if he had to die early, that I would have been, I would have been pleased with that, and I would have rated him pretty highly. But he's not a henchman, so we will move on to Quantum of Solace. We will now move on uh, Skyfall. <laughs> We're not giving Elvis any more light today, bless him. Skyfall. Um, Raul Silver's got a few guys who are probably extras, stuntmen with machine gun. There's no henchman, is there? I don't there's, think. There's, you could argue, you could argue oh, that Patrice. Patrice at the start, but I, I don't think he is because I, I, he's almost separate to it. 
he's like a hired, yeah. you know, he, he's again a bit more wins and kid, but I just don't think, I don't think even, I don't think he could, you'd, could say he was a henchman. I can't. I think he's like I a don't secondary villain type agree. thing. Stephen, Stephen, do you disagree with? No, no, no. I, I totally agree with you. I, he, he's an odd one for me. He's an ab- abnormality in the series in that I think he's in a really memorable scene. I love the opening of the Skyfall, the fight on the train, I think is brilliant. But um, if I wasn't a Bond ultra nerd, I'd have no idea that he was called Patrice. I'd have no <laughs> idea who played him. I wouldn't know anything about him. I think the character himself, it, it took me about three viewings to realize that Patrice was the guy that fights on the train and in the kind of neon fight yeah, in yeah, Shanghai, Shanghai yeah. when there's the back. I didn't realize they were the same character. So I think the yeah. character is totally forgettable, but he's in a brilliant scene on the train, which I really like, which is odd. Whenever you get a brilliant scene with Bond fighting someone, you usually remember the villain, but Patrice for me just fades from my memory completely. Can you remember him? Yeah, that, uh, I, I, yeah I just, I didn't know. It's, I can only remember it because I watched Skyfall a few days ago. All right. So I, yeah. but prior to that, there's no chance I'd have remembered because <laughs> he's in it. He, he's dispatched at about the third point mm, yeah. of the film's runtime, yeah. and he's dispatched really rather easily. Yeah, he's in, he's in that, for a henchman that he goes out maybe too soon. Yeah, probably a bit too soon. Um, but it does remind me that um, the the it reminded me immediately of the guy in Casino Royale who um, the free runner at the start. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he gets iced too early as well for him to be yeah sort of henchman running. So not quite. Um, yeah, no, it can't be. It just it can't be really. You need someone that's going to stick around yeah. towards the end, sort of. Yeah, either be the final threat or the final before the big boss threat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we've dedicated seven hours to Skyfall in review, <laughs> so I think we can safely <laughs> yeah, safely move on to uh, Spectre. Goodness me, how many hours are we going to need for that review? After. <laughs> Mr. Hinks, anyway, I personally think he's probably one of the better things in the film. He is a very, again, traditional henchman. He is a henchman. He is a real physical threat. I think what you were saying, Stephen, is the the actor who plays, the actor or actress or whatever, who plays the henchman or henchwoman has to be a good physical match for the actor. And if Craig is considered uh, you know, one of the harder bonds, then this guy certainly is. He's obviously... Former wrestler Dave Dave Bautista, actually quite a good comedy actor. Give him <laughs> give him his credit now as well. He's had a good career, hasn't he? Yeah. But he's yeah he's got the brute strength. He doesn't speak much like Odd Job, apart from mm, yeah the throwaway shit at the end. I'm not sure, but he does <laughs> he does actually he does actually show signs that he is pretty brutal. Another one of those things that would probably be cut on on ITV now. Once it when he, he gouges out mm. uh, the. the the eyes, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's pretty pretty much one of the most violent scenes in the in the series, you could argue. The actual scene itself does remind me a bit of Austin Powers again, and which was spoofing Thunderball, wasn't it? Around the table with the the different uh, members of Blo- of uh, <laughs> Spectre. But anyway, we will get onto a full review of that. We don't see an awful. I mean, he ch- he chases Bond around Rome, which is dead for some reason. I've always said a complaint to that. It's very odd, and he doesn't really interact with Bond. Doesn't get much you know hardly anything on him we then see him in the alps again the same thing completely ineffective as far as i remember so you're only really left for me with the the fight 
in the train, which is good. Rob, have you seen that one recently? No, I've watched it once ever. Uh, <laughs> never, <laughs> never again. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he was um, the best. One of the best things about it. So was that fight. I thought that fight was excellent. I don't know. It's so hard. I'm trying really hard to separate Hinks from that film. I like the fact that they tried to bring back that sort of uh, the henchman thing. You know, which had been you know lacking a great deal because if Patrice is the best sort of henchman, this recent gamut of great uh, Bond films have got. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so yeah, he is definitely physically imposing. Ain't got a clue about him as a fella. Motivations. What is going on? No idea. But then again, I don't really think that film has any idea what he's doing. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I'm not best placed to comment on this, guys, to be honest. The, the train fight was superbly staged, brilliantly put together, great editing and sound design, etc. Um, But aside from that, I don't really have anything else to add. You like I don't remember Dave how he died. Though, don't you, Rob? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, he's an all right fella, isn't he? He looks all right. <laughs> So, because the wrestling, you might have given him more of a more of a. Well, no, but I, 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 but I, I didn't quite like him as a wrestler. Oh, heck, <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. I thought he was, like a, no, I thought he was like a, a like a, just a, a giant fella who looked massive, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, but I, but I, you know, I'd stopped watching it by the time he was massive. So yeah, I don't, don't really have any. I've got nothing to say <laughs> at this point. I'm filibustering. I've got nothing left. <laughs> I've got you, nothing left. You have a go. You have a go, Math. You you. Like Hinks, don't you? Um, yeah, I do to an extent. I think, um, yeah, as, as we've said, it was it was an attempt to try and oh, what do we need? For, you know, for, uh, it's been so strange the journey with Daniel Craig and that they, you know, they wanted to do away with all the essential Bond elements to make it, you know, like a born Batman Begins uh, reaction against Dine of the Day type thing to take it in a new direction. But then they've, they've suddenly thought, well, actually, no, we do want the elements back. And then they've been like, right, well, we'll bring them sort of back a bit in the gun barrel, right? Well, we'll do that at the end just so that they might be a little bit happy. But then, so by the time it comes to Spectre, they're like, right, well, it's, this is one of the frustrating things because I think it was set up nicely at the end of Skyfall for a good return to the next mission and then the idea they've got the rights to Spectre back. Right, well, you can do something really good with Blofeld. I won't come on to that because, it, you know, it really angers me and I'll, I'll start thrashing around. But I think... I think Hinks is one of the things where they think, yeah, look, we're, we're, we're giving you what you want, and it almost sort of pays off. We have a, the, the introduction, yeah, in that in that scene where they're all sat around and everything, and he shows he's got, like, are they, are they metal nails? Is that what they are? And I think it would be nice to maybe see, I think he does try it on Bond in the fight, but we only see it that once, and it's only really referred to, I don't know, it, it maybe could have been used again. Those two action scenes, which are quite dull, both of them are dull. The 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 driving around Rome, yeah, the driving around Rome, yeah. You're right on the streets are dead. I don't know why, but also, you know, you can do exposition whilst whilst there's action, but I think it really slows this scene down. You never feel that there's any kind of threat, and it's just, I don't know, it's just so by the numbers. And then the the the, the snow the snow one with the plane again. I can never remember what happens in that. I remember there's a plane, and then I think. I remember, you know, he's pointing a gun at Madeline Swan in the back, uh, Mr. Hinks is, but I don't really, can't, can't really remember how he's dealt with. And then, obviously, he catches up to him on the train. Yeah, as my uh, as my friend, I can't believe I'm quoting Charles Allison so much on this podcast. But, he, you know, he, he has a habit of hitting the nail on the head, sadly. Uh, he, he's a friend of mine from university, Stephen, sorry, I mean. 
you know, you barely know me, so how are you meant to know Charles Alliston? <laughs> we'll all know him after. You like Oh, yeah. You like Oh, man. Kindred spirits. Kindred spirits. Yes. But um, he said, you know, I don't really understand, like, what was Blofeld's plan? Whether he used the name Blofeld or, you know, the body's plan. Yeah, you go and try and kill Bond on the train, but if you fail... We'll pick. We'll have a car pick him up, and then I'll show him round my. Uh, like, what, what, what's that all about? But anyway, but I think <laughs> yeah. I think the fight. Whilst I, I I I think there are problems in the fight in the sense that on the train that it's like another right. Well, you liked you liked to train fight with Red Grant, and you liked one with Tihi, and you liked one with Jaws, and and everything. And train fights are good and are very Bond, and I'm happy for them. It's maybe a bit too, you know, that way that they're trying to please. But I, I think it's good, and I, I like watching it, that fight. I think it's, I think you see you see Bond getting, like, roughed up, and I think it's one of my, one of the more enjoyable action scenes and fight scenes that Mendes has done in, uh, in, in his two Bond films. Yeah, I would probably do that, the shit. But yeah, I, I think it, I, I quite like it, and I quite like, like watching that scene. So overall, my my feelings on Hinks are just about more more positive than than negative. I'd say fifty two forty eight percent. Sorry, you know, <laughs> on the bonus yeah, yeah, probability. Yeah. came out of Spectre, I was, um, to quote my friend, an empty dock. <laughs> just felt completely deflated because it's such a dull life of film that has lots of good ideas and good intentions. And I think there's a lot of scenes that are yeah, almost good and are almost memorable, but they just don't quite come off. So um, after seeing Spectre for the first time, I had no intention of ever watching that again. <laughs> and Rob hasn't to this day. <laughs> and I've seen Diamond Forever about 79 times. Yes. Last year, I decided, you know what, I'm going to give Spectre another try. And it, I still don't enjoy it. I still think it's it's just lifeless. But when I watched the train sequence, the fight, I thought, you know what, this is actually pretty good because it's, it's, it's a, the thing I've said a few times, it's bond out of his depth getting battered, and he's throwing everything at Hinks. Craig is, whatever you want to say about Craig, he's in yeah. good shape, so you need you need someone pretty buff to take him on. And Dave Bautista is good cast in that department. If you look at all the kind of actors that are floating around just now, Dave Bautista, you kind of wonder, well, why have they not cast him as a henchman already? He's he's good casting. I, I know what Matt was saying about the, the car chase. The car chase is just boring. And it, when you notice that the roads are dead, it's so distracting when you watch the film, you can't really concentrate on the scene because you think, well, where is everyone? Where are the cars? Yeah. The only thing I can think of with that is, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the controversy over Man of Steel, when that film was released, yeah. there were so many complaints about oh, yeah, the, yeah. the collateral damage and people being killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
But I wonder if the broccolis and Wilsons were maybe thinking, right, well, we need to make sure that there's no bystanders to get killed. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to make it seem like yep. I'm making excuses for Spectre because I'm definitely not. Um, <laughs> I think he has two good scenes in the film that we've already talked about. The introduction in the Spectre boardroom when he kills the guy with his thumbs in his eyes. I, I quite like that scene. And I like the, the train fight. One of the things I like about the train fight is I think that Bond should lose every now and then. I think it's boring if Bond just beats everyone and gets the best of everyone and wins against everyone. It's nice for him to get an ass movement every now and then. Like, in License to Kill, I like it when he gets beat up by the ninjas because why would Bond be yeah. right? Why would Bond be able to beat a bunch of ninjas? It's pretty cool that he gets beat. However, I really liked what one of you were saying about how Hinks turns up on the train, tries to kill him, and then why would Blofeld want to see him after that? I have a theory the film would be much better if Hinks won that fight and then mm. took Bond and Madeline to Blofeld. Yeah. Yeah. It's so no simple. And then, is it just to get a bit more Madeline and Bond together? Because, I mean, I don't buy that relationship for a second. But, oh, no, because the train the train scene, which is a copy off, not only from Rush with Love, but it's more of a copy off Casino Royale, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, uh, is it it's a, a talking scene. I mean, yeah. Is it, is it That's before her, the fight, though. No, I mean, when she shoots them, when Craig's yeah. about to get killed, yeah. she comes yeah. in and shoots. Is it give her a kick-ass moment? Because as nice as it's nice to give her a cool moment, the movie and the story doesn't really need that. You know, Hanks has got him dead to rights. I've always thought it would be better if he just had him, boom, and you're thinking, okay, how are they going to get out of this? Well, yeah. the explanation that is sounds, he takes him a blow. That's really good. And then, yeah. and then it sets it up. So oh, easy. Well, Bond's going to come up against him again, isn't he? And he's going to... He's going to better him this time, surely. But how's he going to do it? Because he's such a formidable, formidable opponent. Yeah. Great shout, Steve. <laughs> a giant magnet. He's going to look... Yeah, going to get him to put his thumbs up. You know, friend! And then, you know... Yeah. <laughs> oh, if only. The glory is. Right, well, we've done it. Like I say, no time to die. I can't see there being a henchman. I can't, I'm really worried. We're worried about that film anyway. Uh, the more you learn about it, the more you get worried. <laughs> but we will judge it on its merits when it is, whenever it's released. I don't know when that'll be. Have you guys seen? There's a there's a huge Bond fan um, called Mr. Ken Shabby on Twitter, and he did a video of the you know the scene that's that's been released from No yeah. Time to Die when Bond is on the bridge and he yeah. drives over the rope. Yeah, he redid it with the optics. Yes, yeah, I score. did see. Oh. It's really good. Yeah, I think we're pretty much there, and all it really leaves to be discussed is who are our favourite henchmen I've sort of written down as we've gone along the ones I think who are getting into the final throws and I've got let's have a look do, we, do you think we include Winston Kidd they're the only question mark I've got probably not probably not when it comes happy to right way, now you guys, you, yeah okay. I'm, I'm right. yeah, yeah, yeah. happy either way okay well if we include them we've got nine we've got no we've got ten we've got ten we've got Grant Oddjob Fiona Volpe Winston Kidd as one, Teehee, Jaws, Gabinda, Mayday, Necros, and Xenia. No, Dario. That's a pretty good list. Dario. Oh, Dario, Dario. Can't Thank believe it. So we've got 11, I think, yeah. Stephen, just to start off, before we discuss this, who were you going to say? Maybe if you, don't, you can't, it's difficult to say just one, but who would be your proper favourite two or three men? Well, when we were initially sort of talking about doing a, a podcast about henchmen, the first one that came to my mind was Red Grant. Now, I can obviously see why he wasn't on the list or he was on the list. You know, he's a bit of an in-betweener, but he, he's the kind of one that when you think of henchmen, he's, 
he's the standard against which all others are set so he is an obvious choice I, I love him and from Russia with love his his scenes with Bond on the train are they're just peak Bond it doesn't really get any better than when they're having dinner and he's ordering red, red wine with fish the fool and then he a little bit overconfident <laughs> and saying old man about 17 times a sentence he's just brilliant odd job yeah. definitely up there for iconography alone Volpe because she's ludicrously attractive um if I was doing a top five it'd be Grant odd job Volpe Necros and Hinks mm. No, no, Roger was Sorry, Roger. Sorry, Roger. On your birthday as well. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you hear this, everybody, Roger will have well and truly had his birthday, so don't worry. You're not letting him down. <laughs> That's a good list, but yeah, it's who do you leave out? Because I go into it, I would because I didn't really think of Volpe too much, but then the more you talk about it, you think, yeah, what more do you want from a henchwoman? Six minutes. Check. But Math, what do you reckon there? The, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? But who would you pick out just on first thought? I think if I had to pick one, I'm going to say Necros because I just, I love oh, all his Necros do it. I love his demise. I love the fact, you know, we've talked about that Bond and Saunders relationship and the one, the, the fact that Necros is the one who kills him. So I'll vote him and try not to think about it too much because there's so many brilliant characters there, you know, and and. I don't know, you know, Mayday, I mean, Grant, how can I look past him and Oddjob and that, you know, and and yeah. Jaws is someone who everyone remembers and, and it's just brilliant. So, but I'll go Necros and, and say no further on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Decisive. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Rob, I, you did, going into it, who did you think of? Because you, you did say that Mayday might have picked it for you. Who were well, you before thinking that, about? I would have had that? a top three of Necros, Dario and Volpe, I think. And I still have that. But now there's, now there's a That's top good. four because Mayday's got the lot. Um, I'm going to be super decisive about it because she's the only one that we've discussed tonight who's got full redemption. Yeah. Stephen <laughs> <laughs> is doing yeah. the karate moves. <laughs> yeah. But she's the only one that's got a full art, full redemption, and she goes that extra for me as a, a as a hench person. She goes that extra mile. She's got something that none of none of the other hench people have. Whereas she's got redemption. She's got the yeah. fullness of an arc, and she gets to shout Jenny. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So for me, uh, and it's so mad because like before tonight, she wouldn't even have been in my top ten. Mm. But like I've just and I love the fact that we get to talk about movies. I mean, how good is it? we get to do this That's on a Wednesday? Nice. And then like so now I've got like a new. I, I already love View to a Kill to the ends of the earth, but now I, like I love it even more because I've learned a new thing about what I love about that film, which is I didn't realize it was Mayday. But Mayday's brilliant. Love Mayday. Number one hench person for me. Mayday. Mayday will provide you <laughs> with a drink. <laughs> And um, the most <laughs> aggressive sex you've ever known. Well, I'm, <laughs> to be fair, the, the, the three female henchwomen here are doing so well. You haven't mm. mentioned Xenia, though. You thought she might have been at least pipping Volpe and Mayday. It was the, the Sunday post, afternoon but... awkwardness that did it. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I hadn't thought about it before Stephen said it. And then yes, it was just yeah. like, I cannot get it out of my, out of my mind now that I, don't, I do <laughs> not want to watch right, that dude. with family, friends and family. Thank right. you very much. Yeah. I think in terms of. Who do you enjoy watching the most? If I decide on that, 
it has to be. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, this is horrible. Volpe is definitely mm. up there now for me. I've not seen Live and Let Die for a bit, so I think Teehee. Oh, Teehee. We're overlooking him a Oh, bit. no. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Because he's maybe a bit a bit comical at times. You, you think of him as maybe less of a threat. That he's so be. well bedecked. He's a big sports guy. Coat, I think red sports three, coat, grey slacks. What an yeah. outfit. You can imagine him presenting Matt. You like to be friends yeah, with him. Can. Maybe that's <laughs> part of his problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better dressed, though. Too well dressed these days with the, you know, training jackets and all this sort of T-shirts. It's terrible. Should be in a suit on television. Anyway, um, <laughs> we've got, yeah, I, th- I think I can't look past those that you've said. I think oh, the Binder's yeah. pretty oh, underrated, but he probably isn't quite, he's not quite odd job for me. I know, I know, I know. There's, it, it will it will never it will never end. In terms of who do you like to watch though, yeah. Dario and Mayday oh. for me. I just I just think they're fascinating characters. I think they're brilliant. But I don't want to say any more because I'm just gonna get myself in knots. We will, of course, when this is live, we'll we'll be doing some votes on who your favourite henchman or woman is. I'm sure there'll be a debate as well as to what qualifies as as this definition. But guys, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Amazingly, we've got through everything. We've had to touch uh, on some of the lesser henchmen a little bit too uh, quickly, perhaps. But we've done it. And I think at the end of this, oh. I just love James Bond. Yeah, well. yeah. I just love yeah, it. Yeah, that's the main takeaway. I think it's, it's endlessly brilliant. So, guys, thank you very yeah. much. And thank you to Stephen. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have you back very soon. If you ever need a Buta kill defender, a Diamonds defender. Oh. You know the number. You know the name. <laughs> oh, good. You know my name. Lining up. You know my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, uh, to this uh, latest episode of the Really Double Seven Pod. So, I am looking forward to seeing Math and Rob in our next massive in-depth review. It might take hours, maybe not as many hours as Skyfall did, but Rob and Math are going to be there for our review of The World Is Not Enough. Me so I can't wait for that, guys. Wait. Can't wait. What a theme song as well. Thank you, gents, and uh, good night. Good night, sir. Brilliant. Good night, Bond. We have it Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.